0: Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10 from verse 13. And uh, just as we continue on, I started a series a few weeks back called uh, The Most Important Thing. And uh, uh, yeah, Mark 10 verse 13. It says, then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Let me read it again, for verse uh, 14 or the end of it. He said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for, for of such is the kingdom of God. Just a quick survey here, and I don't know if we can have, uh, I don't know if it's possible, but okay. Uh, how many of you got saved as, as a child? Less, or under 10, okay. All right. Uh, I thank God as the, there was the opportunity for my parents to share the gospel with me, they did. You guys, many of you have heard how I got saved. I was just seven years of age. And I thank God that my parents were recognized the need for me as a child to come to the Lord, and it was easy. It was easy for me to come to the Lord. And yes, it was based, the initial thing that got me or opened the door for my my parents to talk to me was the aspect of fear of the future. And it was the future that we're living or are in right now, where life is so difficult, or I shouldn't say difficult, but there's been some major changes that have taken place in the last year and a half. And as we see the things going on around us, for me as a, as a little boy, I had heard about the last days. This is 1971. Seven years of age, and I'm hearing about the last days and it, it brought fear to me. So that night, that evening, I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't sleep. And it, even as I went to my mom and dad, they asked, hey, why are you still awake? And it was just a sharing of this, this fear of the future. I thank God I don't have any fear of the future. There's no fear. Right now, there's, there's no fear of what's going on around me. There's no fear of what is yet to come there's no there's no fear why because I'm a child of god i've been saved i'm i'm not afraid and i know we we whether it's things around us or whether it's stuff happening to us or maybe even within us and we're we're we may realize hey this is not good no fear no fear because of who God is in our lives. And that that took place. Now, you might say, Pastor, you, you've never been afraid since you were seven years of age. Absolutely, I have. I'll tell you right now, it's when I take my eyes off the Lord that I begin to have fear. It's when I look at the, the obstacle, when I look at the storm, when I look at the waves, when I look at the situation that... that is impossible, there's a fear that would come over me because I can't handle it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the outcome is gonna be. And so there's, in the natural, when I look with my human eyes and I look at the situation, there may be a fear. But the moment that I look back to the Lord and I place those concerns I cast my cares upon him. He takes care of the situation. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know all the details of what is yet to to come regarding the details of my life, because the Lord has it. The Lord has it in control. He is sovereign because I've allowed him to be sovereign in my life. It's It's not my will that needs to be done. Lord, your will be done. Your will is good for me. And it started at such a young age, for of such is the kingdom of God, that the little children would come to him. As a child, you just, you believe. I'm not talking about fairy tales. I'm not talking about Santa Claus. I'm talking about a reality when it comes to Jesus Christ in our lives. And it is so easy for children especially as parents, when you tell your children this is the, this is the way. Jesus is, a, is life. He is truth. Believe in him. And so we can come into the, the kingdom of God. For such, Of such is the kingdom of God, it is the faith of a child. It's interesting as we get older, sometimes we start to lack... You tell a child, as a parent, a seven-year-old or eight-year-old, in a difficult time, hey, the Lord is going to see us through. The Lord is watching over us. And there's a fearing of the calm because there's a faith in you to not be telling them lies because your faith is in Jesus Christ. And so they believe when it comes to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. They believe, and they are saved. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Mark chapter 10. And I, I'm going to read a few more things from Mark chapter 10. We, we've we delved into this. night. I'm not going to get into too many of the details of it, but I just want to pull a few things. And And today, I just... I want for us to grab a hold of Jesus, for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the gospel, for Jesus' sake and the gospels, that we would do what the Lord would have us do in these last days. The one that saved us, the one that gave us life, for his sake, that we would do, the things that need to be done in these last days. We talked about the young, the rich young man. As he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And this, like I say, this chapter, so much of it, a good chunk of it is about the kingdom of God and having eternal life. What shall I do good teacher what shall I do that I may inherit the king uh, eternal life so jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is god and he goes through the different commandments why do you call me good he knew the young man knew jesus was a son of god he wasn't willing to give up his riches Jesus lists off some commandments from the Ten Commandments from Exodus chapter 20. He lists off all the the commandments that this young man had kept. But he left out the ones that the the young man had not kept. He left them out. And he just touched in on one of them. That was on covetousness. I like what it says in verse 21. Jesus didn't beat around the bush. But it says, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. Come, take up the cross and follow me, follow me. But he was sad at at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those that trust in anything other than Jesus Christ cannot enter the kingdom of God at this, this point here, was not just the rich man. It was about the fact that his trust was in something other than Jesus. I don't trust you, Jesus. I'm not going to put my faith in you. He so I'm going to hang on to my riches. So he walks away sorrowful, for he had great, rich, great, great possessions. I'll tell you right now, when, it's, when you're facing death, it really doesn't matter how much you have accumulated in your life. When you're facing death, it really doesn't matter. What matters is where your faith is in. It matters who your faith is in. What is your trust in children? How hard it is for those who trust in riches. We can put whatever else, who trust in anything other than Jesus Christ is impossible for them to come into the kingdom of god it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle do you know how small the eye of a needle is it's impossible and they were greatly astonished and saying among themselves who then can be saved how are we going to be saved And Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Oftentimes we use this passage, with God all things are possible. But, you know, it is referring specifically to salvation. It's referring specifically to having eternal life. It is regarding getting into the kingdom of God. Because in our own strength, in our own goodness, in our own wisdom, in our own grabbing a hold of of religion and and being dedicated to to doing every single thing, we cannot make it. It's impossible. With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see we have left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands. To give, to say, you know what? Lord Jesus, you are more important, even than all the wealth that I should have, even more important than my spouse, my children, my relatives. You are more important. Surely, I say to you, let me say it again, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last shall be first. For my sake and the gospels, for my sake and the gospels, I'll tell you, and you know it, there is such a weight upon me as a pastor. When it comes to people coming to Jesus, recognizing the time that we have left, and if you are, you have children that are not serving the Lord. You know what that weight is. I feel, I, I, I look at our three daughters, Julie and I, we look at our three daughters, they're all serving the Lord. Yet there's a weight on me. I know a number of you, I pray with you, to believe for your children that are not serving the Lord, that have chosen to walk away or say, no, I refuse. I'm going to do my own thing. And there's a weight on you as you recognize how much time is left. There's a work that needs to be done yet for Jesus' sake and the gospels. You know what the most important thing for Jesus? When he came, he came to save souls that men might be saved from their sins he came for the simple reason of i'm going to go to the cross because there is nothing that can take care of our sins there is nothing except the blood and i thank god i didn't know what they were singing going to be singing today but the blood of jesus is where our victory is at it is the blood of jesus sacrifice of jesus and he was going out and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. The main focus of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is the recognition that eternity is a long time and God desires for us to spend eternity with him. Where are you gonna spend eternity? Where are your children gonna spend eternity? Where are your parents, your brothers, your sisters, where are your friends gonna spend eternity? And the heart of God is this, that none should perish, that all should come to repentance, to turn. And our heart at this time, Lord God, those that I know would be saved, they would come to know you. As we read in John chapter 3, this is Jesus speaking, and we see the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So much of our life at this time, we're so concerned about the things of life. And I I don't want to downplay anything that you may be going through. I don't want to downplay your situations. I don't want to say, hey, you're not going through anything. But I want to say this to you. In light of eternity, it seems like when we're facing death, the most important thing at that time is where my faith is at. I've grabbed a hold of Jesus. I have been to many people. as they were with many people, that they were on their way from leaving this planet. And again, and again, and again, some of them were snatched from eternity with hours to spare, with hours to spare. They were snatched from an eternity apart from God. And they were saved in the last moments because in the last moments of their life, they recognized what was important and they grabbed a hold of it. And I'm telling you, we have life. We're not, <clears throat> we don't know when our time is up. I don't think anybody in here this morning would say, you know what? I know I only have so much time left to live. I think most of us, we just think, well, you know what? There's a very good chance that Jesus is coming back before I should die. I will never face death. But there is a peace and there is a hope because we have grabbed a hold of Jesus and our faith is in Jesus Christ. It's not in in how religious I can be. It's not in my spiritual disciplines, but my faith is in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, we see the heart of the father to give his son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I had somebody say this morning before service, they were saying "If someone else, hey, I don't believe, I don't believe in God. If God should, why does God allowed the, all these terrible things to happen that are on this, this planet? I said, you know what? We were made in the image of God. And the image of God allows for us to make choice. We're not robots. We don't, we're not uh, animals that are instinctive. We are human beings created in the image of God. And we have free will to love God or not. To do what is right before him or not. I'll tell you, every single thing that is not right before God leads to the difficulties that we may have on this planet at this time. It has nothing to do with God and what God is doing so much as it is what man is doing apart from God. And apart from God, there's a lot of wickedness and evil done you say, God, where are you in all of this? Let me, let me just say this. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Do you think for a second that God is not a righteous God? And one of the only reasons that God would even allow for a person to continue to live is that they would repent and not have An eternity apart from God, even the worst sinner. You say, God, why wouldn't you snuff out their life? Boom, gone, I'll tell you right now. Without Jesus, we are dead in trespasses and sin, just one sin, and we are apart from God. We need a savior. God's heart is not that the world should be condemned, but that the world through him, Jesus, might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God." My goodness, we need to share Jesus with others. We need to share Jesus with others. This man that came to Jesus was a religious ruler, a Pharisee. In verse 1 John 3 1 says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews so a religious he was a, a religious leader this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him Nicodemus had a very good idea of who Jesus was Jesus didn't beat around the bush he says Nicodemus most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. I thank God that this, this passage is in here because we get a view of what it is to be born again. So Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, this born of water, we're not talking of, we are not talking water baptism. We're talking about the fact that you have come to life. All of us spent, most of us spent at least nine months in our mother's womb and a sack of water we are born of water or born in water and born of water. So you are here physically. The first thing that needs to take place to enter the kingdom of God is that there is a physical nature about us, life about us. But we also need to be born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He can. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So now he explains it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Born of water, flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the uppercase S spirit is spirit. So it comes, comes alive spiritually. So born physically. born spiritually. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the spirit, you don't understand all the details of it, but there is a supernatural work that takes place to make us alive in and through Jesus Christ as we place our faith in him. How many of you say, yes, I acknowledge that there was a supernatural work that was done in me when I gave my life to Jesus? Yeah. You, you All across... The sanctuary here. You put up your hand. You know there was a work done, a supernatural work. Yes, you were alive physically. For me, it happened when I was seven years of age. I was born seven years earlier. But at seven years of age, I, I became alive spiritually. And it'll probably be sometime this month or next month, it will be 50 years. It was during the summer of 71. I know, you didn't think I was that old, but I am. 50 years ago, I say, thank God for being born again. It is the most important decision I ever made when I was seven. I say, thank you, Lord. To be in the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, it is not so much a physical place but a spiritual state of existence, the kingdom of God. Hey, I wanna go to the kingdom of God. We can't go geographically and say, hey, you know what? Let's go to Hawaii, because that's where the kingdom of God is. Or let's go to the Caribbean. That's where the kingdom of God is. It's not a physical place, but it's a condition of our heart, where our heart is, as we do what the Lord would have us do because we are dead spiritually. I read this morning from Ephesians chapter 2, the fact that we were made alive. The verses before that, verses 1 to 3, it talks about the fact that we were dead in trespasses and sins. We used to be dead in trespasses and sins. And as a seven-year-old, I was alive physically before I gave my life to Jesus, but I was dead spiritually. Say, wow, even as a seven-year-old, I'll tell you right now, I had sinned before even as a seven-year-old or a six-year-old. You ever ever see a two-year-old or three-year-old? You say, hey, don't touch that. What's the first thing they do? They look at it, they look at you, they look at it, they look at you, And they go like this, already three years of age. For us, we need to be saved from our sins. And so this kingdom of God, when Jesus began his ministry at 30 years of age, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God And saying, this is how you get in. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand right here, right now. It says, repent and believe in the gospel. Guess what? As you are a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God goes with you. You are within the kingdom of God. So where you go, the kingdom of God is at hand. And all you need to do is share the message of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe in the gospel, two things, two things that need to be spoken. We do need to talk about sin, and the gospel takes care of the sin issue. Jesus' death on the cross for us, for, to die for our sins. The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Listen, the power of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified, The finished work of Jesus on the cross is powerful. Romans 1, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For it is the power of God to them, to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also for the Greek. For the religious individual or for the, the Greek. Man, they got it all together. They got it all figured out. They know everything the philosophers, the intellectuals, the woke of today, the social justice warriors. We got it all figured out. Jesus says, the power of the gospel is able to save the religious, the ones that think they got it all together. Wherever you may be, whatever spectrum between those two, you need salvation. We need salvation. Paul says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. The gospel is about the cross of Christ. It is where there is a power. I love this song. We're going to sing it before we we leave today, talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his blood was shed for us on the cross. And there is a work that he has done because of the blood. And as people grab a hold of the message, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Not we're saved, but are being saved right now as you continue to keep your faith in the message of the cross of who Jesus is and what he did for you on the... Man, this message needs to go out. It is a powerful message. The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years. After three years of ministry, we know for sure that there was at least 120 followers of Jesus Christ. 120. It says so. It says in Acts 1.15, it says, In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the t- disciples, brackets, altogether the number of names was about 120, and said, and he talks about Judas and replacing, and basically that there would be another one take the place, that the word would get out. They, they, they had two men they were going to choose. They, they chose Matthias as one to say, hey, the, the word needs to get out. The gospel needs to get out. 2,000 years ago, there was 120 followers of Jesus Christ. They estimate the earth's population was approximately 300 or so million people, 300 million. Rome at the time of Jesus had conquered extensively and would continue to conquer. They figure that there was about 45 million Romans when Jesus was, it says that when Jesus was uh, born, Mary and Joseph were going to Bethlehem because there was a census that was being, ta- had taken place. Caesar, Augustus, was the emperor of Rome and all the conquered lands and whatever, they were taking a census. How many people are we overseeing or we have control of? They say around that time there was about 45 million that were Romans or under Roman rule at the time of Jesus, 45 million. That's a pretty big fraction of the 300 million that were on the planet. So roughly one out of 2.5 million people was a believer. Let me just, I just want to show the power of the gospel. One out of two and a half million people was a believer. That'd be like one believer in, in Toronto, Toronto proper. One person. Can you imagine just looking for one believer in all of Toronto? I wonder where he or she is. I want to find that believer. In one day, in one day, the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified was preached by Paul, or by Peter. In one day, the, the followers of Jesus went from 120 to 3,120. It went from one out of 2.5 million people in one day, in one message. Who knows how long it took Peter to preach the whole thing. Half an hour, an hour. It went from 1.25 million to one out of roughly just under 100,000 people. That's how powerful the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Don't you ever underestimate what Jesus did in your life and you telling somebody else about what Jesus did in your life and how you got saved. Talk about your sin, talk about Jesus and what he did for you to take care of your sin and talk about the fact that you let him come into your life and tell them about the changes that took place in your life. Because the power of the gospel is able to save people as they hear it. So we have one out of 96,000. There's 92,000 people in this city of Niagara Falls. Can you imagine? I'm just looking for one person. That's a believer. That's how it was going from one person in Toronto to one person in Niagara Falls, which means in Toronto, there would have been like, wow, there's a whole whack of more believers just because of one message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Repent and believe in the gospel. You say, how did it happen so quickly? And this is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. His heart is, I don't want anybody not to make it. I want you to be a part of sharing the gospel with others. Thank God for my mom and dad that shared the gospel with me. And I got saved at home. I mentioned already all three of our daughters got saved in our living room as their mom and dad shared the gospel with them for goodness sake. Don't leave it up to the pastor. Don't leave it up to the youth pastor to share the gospel. You, if you, as as you have been saved, for goodness sake, you can lead others to Jesus Christ, to be in the kingdom of God, which is eternal, for them to be a part of it. You might say, I'm discouraged. Don't, once again, don't underestimate the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, that's what happened for the church to go from one in 2.5 million to one in a hundred thousand at the time of Jesus, just to change everything. There was a huge expansion just in one single service. In a few years, they estimate that the, the, the church in Jerusalem was around 20,000 people. Just in a in a year or two, there was 20,000 to the point where when Paul started up to persecute, the, one of the reasons the persecution took place is the Lord was saying, hey, man, the church needs to spread out. And the believers, they went out, and wherever they went, they began to, to, to share Jesus with others. Paul, even as he came to the Lord, Saul, as he came to the Lord, and, and, and the name changed. Paul means small. <laughs> that he would increase, that I would decrease. That's what John the Baptist said, Paul means small. Lord, let me be small because you are great. You increase in my life. Let me share the gospel. Paul went out and he shared the gospel to the, not to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. That's you and me. Anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. And the gospel went out to the, to the Gentiles in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 1. Because God desires to be a part of you sharing the gospel with others in boldness. In boldness. The former account I made, O Theophilus, this is Luke writing to Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering, after he went to the cross, by many infallible proofs. Again and again and again, the 40 days that he was on the planet, there was proof after proof after proof that he had raised from the dead. They saw him being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God the kingdom of God, that it would expand at this time. And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're talking about a physical kingdom, human kingdom. You know, the Romans are, are, man, they're tough. They're taxing, and there's a brutal oppression of the Romans over over Israel. Will you restore the kingdom to Israel? You said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. You guys, no, we're we're not talking about Israel at this point in time. We're talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God needs to expand. The kingdom of God needs to expand. And here, I want to help you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you, should be, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you, like I always had a heart to see people get saved. I can remember in grade six at recess time, grade six, back then Gideon Bibles were all over. I said to my dad, dad, can you give me some Gideon Bibles? And I can remember <clears throat> afternoon recess, Grade six is just before grade, going into grade seven, end of grade six, last number of months. I, can, I, I still pictured my mind sitting out in the, the schoolyard. We had a huge, Crowland Central and Cook's Mills had a huge schoolyard. Like we are talking huge. And I can remember sitting out there and there's a group of, I don't know, a half a dozen or so. And here I am, we've got Bibles. I, I remember Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Thompson. Hey, Jeff Thompson, if you're watching, are you going to watch this, this uh, video or whatever on YouTube? Jeff, I remember your, your prayer. Because at the end of sharing whatever, we'd close in prayer. I can remember asking Jeff or some, hey, does somebody want to pray? Jeff. He's more of a technical kind of guy. Jesus, thank you for tools. Thank you for tools. You know what? When I turned 14, or just before, it seemed like major things always happened in the summertime, getting saved. 14, 14, received the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I tell you, things took off to be a witness for the next four years. And it was God orchestrating by His Holy Spirit. It was nothing that we did. It was the power of the Holy Spirit to give opportunity after opportunity, and it has not stopped to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old. You say Pastor, were you perfect? I was far from perfect. But the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, because God desires for others to come to Jesus. He desires for us to be with him for eternity. Eternity is a long time. And we need to share the gospel. This summer, I said already last last week, I said, man, whatever you can do, connect with people, your neighbors, your relatives, your whoever and let the Holy Spirit say Holy Spirit fill me and and let me be sensitive to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with those that don't know Jesus you will have opportunity as you are willing listen you don't have to be a preacher you don't have to be evangelist you don't have to be a pastor just I'm willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others not afraid to talk about sin talk about your own life You you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. To the end of time as we know it. Listen, the end of time as we know it is coming to a close. Because I'll tell you, after the trumpet sounds, The scrolls will be unopened and what God has said, there will be not a thing of grace necessarily. People can still get saved, but the wrath of God will be poured out. And what he says, I've given people 2000 years to come to Jesus. And after the trumpet sounds, I'll tell you, it will cost people their lives if they get saved. You say, really pastor? I'll tell you right now, it's happening already now. The spirit of the Antichrist is here. I cannot believe. Let me just... In the last week, week and a half, I heard that six churches were burned down in Canada. Six churches were burned. Now They happened to all be Catholic churches because of the residential schooling and all of that. But I'll tell you right now, and and things that happened in those schools, not for a second do I condone things that are of of wickedness and evil. But let me just say this. There's already a lumping together of all churches together where there's a a, a different view. I heard somebody say just the other day, uh, they were talking this I'm I'm trying to think of who it was. And they just said, what? You, 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 you're a Christian? After what's happened and you're still a Christian? What's all the stuff that's happened in the news in the last week or two weeks, things coming out? And you're still a Christian? You're still following Jesus? Listen, after the trumpet sounds... I I see it with vaccination and non-vaccination already. What? If you got a vaccination or you don't have a vaccination, there's already a a, a thing. What's wrong with you if you don't have a vaccination? There's already a thing of a very vocal and, and display of your opinion or your views are not the same as mine. When the trumpet sounds and the body of Christ is taken out, those that get saved afterwards, I'll tell you what it says. It says they will not be able to buy or sell without the mark. And there will be basically a cutting off of the head of those that are following Jesus. Listen, the chances of... Your children, your brothers, your sisters, your parents that don't know the Lord, surviving seven years are impossible. It, It talks about the martyrs, the ones that will die during the tribulation. And that says their cries came up to the Lord. How much longer? How much longer? You read it in Revelations. In Revelation, it talks about those that are martyred during the seven years, because the scrolls are opened, and God is saying, my grace, you still can get saved, but my grace, my wrath is being poured out now. Hasn't started yet. Listen, you say, pastor, are you afraid of, listen, going through the tribulation? We're not going through the tribulation. The Lord's going to take, is, is coming to, for his church. God will not pour, listen, you don't pour out your wrath on your own children. You may discipline your children, but you don't pour out wrath on your own children. We need, for those that are close to us, to come to Jesus. I'm not talking about a wishy-washy kind of faith. I am talking about a faith that is distinct. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but it is the power of God to those that are being saved. That message needs to go out, and the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to help you. So God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them are there to include us in this work of bringing others to Jesus, even the Holy Spirit. Because in that early church went from 120 to 3,120 in just one moment of time. It says, and Peter standing up with 11, Acts 2.14, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And listen, part of this took place 2,000 years ago, but will take place again. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It shall come to pass in the last days, Says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. On my men servant and maid servants, those are saying that. Listen, not my will, your will be done. I belong to you, Jesus. You are the commander in chief, king of kings and lord of lords. I submit to you, sir. Let your will be done in my life. Your command, I will do it. And the Lord's command is, go out and make disciples, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things that I've commanded you. And I will be with you right till the end of the age, right until the end of this age when the trumpet sounds. And the Lord is saying, I will do a work by my spirit. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy, will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, Peter continues to talk about Jesus. And he tells them about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know, it happened just 40 days or 50 days prior that that he was crucified. You guys know Jesus. Jesus. him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. But it says, it wasn't by, because of the will of man, but God, that was his plan all along that Jesus would go to the cross, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Not even death can hold Jesus. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, dealing with the sin, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The baptism, water baptism, is a public confession of the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The salvation is not in the the action of baptism, but it is in the confession of your faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified and his death and his resurrection. That is where our faith is. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted him, them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who, were gladly, or those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. In one day. 2,000 years later. It's not one out of 100,000 people that are, are believers. The, this is the power of the gospel. They estimate there are one, or 1 out of 10 people on this planet right now, are not, we're not talking religious, are born again believers, 1 out of 10. Maybe not so much here in, in Niagara Falls, I don't think it's 1 out of 10. Maybe 1 out of 20, maybe, 1 out of 20. Oftentimes, the lands that have the most persecution have the highest numbers of believers. Why? Because they know what is important. When their life is at stake, they know what is important. And they grab a hold of Jesus because in a lot of lands where there is suffering and whatever, material things and wealth and whatever doesn't, will not do anything for you when you're facing death. They estimate, even in China, where there's a persecution of the church, they estimate there's somewhere between 120 to 100 or close to 200 million born again believers in that land of oppression for the gospel to be free. There's 1.4 billion people just in China so one out possibly one out of seven is a believer. That's the power of the gospel. I, I want to share the gospel allows for people to come, repent and believe in the gospel, and the church, the body of Christ will grow. Why? Because God wants to be with him for all eternity. I want to invite the worship team just to come to sing that song, that new song that, about the blood. If you'd come... Why? Why is God, why is this on us at this time to see others saved? And let it burn in your hearts. Just before Jesus would go to the cross, he said, and he had told the disciples that he was going to go to the cross, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. I want for you to be with me. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are saying, I want you to spend eternity with me, with us. In my Father's house are many mansions. It's beautiful, beautiful. You know, you go to some sections of town and you just look at some of the places, and man, it's beautiful, and the yard is so beautiful. And to th- to think in a fallen world where things can be of such beauty, yet in a fallen world, can you imagine in the presence of God, the majesty, the glory, the wonder? I just say, Lord, and we would lead others that I, would be with you for eternity. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. He's coming back. And where I go to, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can we stand together? Listen. If you're here this morning and you're not in a right place with the Lord, you're being casual perhaps, or maybe you just, hey, I, don't, I didn't know that I need to be saved. I didn't know that even just one sin separates me from God. And, hey, I'm a sinner. And I, even as you would contemplate and recognize that you're a sinner, the Lord has made a way out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can come to the Father as you place your faith in me. As we believe in Jesus, you come to the Father. Listen, for those of you, as as you have given your life to Jesus, and you're thinking, well, is it that big a deal? Oh, man. What you have in Jesus and your salvation, when we stand before God Almighty, we will realize, oh, my goodness. I did not know that it was going to be like this. To be in the presence of God Almighty... It says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. As we stand in the presence of God, and the Lord is saying, I desire not just for you to be there, but I want you to share the message this summer. Listen, you take every single opportunity. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, even as you would share about Jesus with them. As you are willing to be used by God, God will give the opportunity to you to share the gospel. If you're not willing to share the gospel, you'll find that, man, I don't have very many opportunities. And it's almost like God knows, say, well, yeah, I know when the opportunity is there, you're not going to share anyways. The moment you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, as the gospel, or as as you are willing to be used by God, the Holy Spirit will work through you. And there will be an orchestration of situations and opportunities and open doors to share about Jesus. Don't be afraid to talk about sin because that's what separates us from God. Lord, thank you. I thank you for salvation. I thank you that my mom and dad told me about how I could be saved. I thank you for a decision that was made so many years ago just because they were willing to share the gospel with me. Lord, I pray, let us be willing to share the gospel. The kingdom of God is hand. You want people to be a part of your kingdom. That there there would be an influx of souls Lord, I pray. You know what? We've not had opportunity, very much opportunity this year to see souls saved. There's been a few that have been saved this year so far. But, Lord, we have opportunity this summer especially. Lord, I pray that there will be soul after soul after soul. I pray for entire families. I pray for there to be a, a, a snowball effect, Lord not just families, but entire clans would be saved. Aunts and uncles, cousins, Lord, it just expand. Lord, as we move in the power of your spirit, your spirit upon us, just like 2,000 years ago, you're saying we we need your spirit. In the last days, you will pour out your spirits. Lord, we we would be men servants and maidservants surrender to you that your will could be done through us to bring others to Jesus. Lord, let us take the opportunities. Lord, if there's anybody here or watching online, there would be a confession of sin. Yes, I am a sinner. Let them confess that you are the solution. Your shed blood, your death on the cross, and an overcoming, a resurrection, a raising, overcoming death, overcoming sin, and an inviting of you into their lives. Lord, let them make that decision Forgive me of my sins. You died for me. You rose again. Come into my life. I surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray. Let them make that prayer by faith. Like a child would have faith to enter in. In Jesus' name. Lord, I look forward to what is yet to come in the coming days and weeks and months as you tarry the work of the Lord to be accomplished yet so that your heart would be made glad in knowing there are more and more and more that have escaped the things of hell and in lake of fire and have grabbed a hold of eternal life with you. Lord, I just pray this. Let us be work alongside you and your spirit that your will would be accomplished. In Jesus' name, let's just thank the Lord for His blood that was shed for us. Hey, Lighthouse family! Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiger.com. Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.